Welcome to the next edition of Fixed Interest, where we will be discussing cybersecurity risk in the bank and insurance industry. My name is Shali Shetty, and I'm a managing director in the America's Sovereign Team. I would like to extend a warm welcome to Marianne Wander Wyden, which is Global Head of Financial Institutions. Marianne oversees ratings, criteria development, and analytical research for banks, insurance companies, non-bank financial institutions, and fund and asset managers at Fitch. Now, just to put our discussion today in context, Fitch has been working with Security Scorecard, a leading cybersecurity risk assessment company, and has reviewed a sample of their cybersecurity scores to gain insights into the bank and insurance industry's cyber risk management. Security Scorecard scores entities on their cyber risk health with cybersecurity scores showing relative vulnerability to a cyber event and can provide valuable insights into cybersecurity risks. Now, leveraging on that work, which has recently published various research reports that explore the cybersecurity risk confronting the banking and insurance industry. So, Marianne, to set the stage, let me ask you a naive question. Why are cybersecurity risks becoming important for us as a rating agency to think about? Also, have we seen any negative rating actions on financial institutions based on cybersecurity breaches? Thanks for having me, Shelley. And yes, cybersecurity is increasingly important to us. It's a relatively new frontier and permanent risk for all public and private sector entities. Cyber risk has become more prominent with digitization. Companies have migrated not only customer interactions and sales, but they're also moving operations online. And this digital migration has significant upside with reduced cost, better resiliency and higher customer satisfaction. But the growth also has allowed cyber threats to develop. Uh, bad actors can insert themselves, disrupt operations and steal valuable data. And data really has become the new oil in the technology economy. I think I should also add that the cost of a cyber breach continues to escalate and could cost hundreds of millions of dollars just in remediation and fines. As a good example, the Equifax breach cost upwards of $700 million. So, so far we've not taken any rating actions on financial institutions as a result of a cyber incident. There are a couple of reasons for that. Firstly, our bank and insurance portfolios skew towards the higher investment grade rating spectrum, so they have a healthy financial buffer for such event risks. Also, banks and insurance companies are heavily regulated and have had to adopt robust cybersecurity practices. And finally, banks and insurance companies tend to have big and bigger budgets to manage cybersecurity risks. But that's not to say that in the future a cyber breach would not result in a rating action. Only this just hasn't happened to date. I think it's also good for me to point out that cyber risk has been identified as the top risk by both US and European banking regulators, as the potential for disruption is far greater than what has happened historically. Thanks, Mariana. Let's move to talk a little bit more about the reports your team recently published on this topic. Can you tell us a little bit about Security Scorecard and how we should interpret their scores? Also, can you discuss the main objective of the study, including its scope and methodology used to assess vulnerability to cybersecurity risk in the financial sector? Of course, Shelley. Happy to do that. Um, Security Scorecard uses an outside-in approach at assessing a company's cyber health and they base that on its digital footprint. Think of it as if you were walking in your neighborhood and saw two houses next to each other. First one was well kept, the lawn is manicured and it has a really nice fence around the perimeter. The second one looks a little bit rundown. There was a broken window and the side door was left open. Which house do you think is most likely to be broken into? So security scorecard takes a similar approach, looking at an entity's attack surface and identifying vulnerabilities. 
But to be clear, just because something has better defenses, it doesn't mean it can't be successfully attacked and also vice versa. Just because a company looks vulnerable, it doesn't mean it will be attacked. That will also come down to how much jewelry and valuables there are inside. So it's important to point out that there are limitations to this outside-in approach. For example, it cannot tell us about internal threats, but it does identify key cybersecurity vulnerabilities and it assigns a score in what we think is a really transparent way that can be compared to other companies and can also be followed over time. So Shelly, you also asked about the scoring. So a security scorecard uses a five point scale from A to F. A is the best and F is the worst. Across the platform from security scorecard, the average grade is a C. But you'll find in the global bank and insurance reports that we issued that both sectors did slightly better. We are reporting average grades of B. And to give you a comparative data point on the scores, Security Scorecard has backtested their model and they know that companies with an F grade, so the worst grade, are 7.7 times more likely to be breached than a company with an A grade. So what we are doing with these grades, well, the grades and more importantly, the underlying components are helping us at Fitch to get better insight around this risk. First, security scorecard grades allow us to get a sense of absolute vulnerability, but also relative vulnerability. But the grades and output give us a really good starting point to have a more robust discussion with issuers about cybersecurity risk. Now, Marianne, what are the main highlights and big takeaways uh, that you would like our listeners to know about? I can actually give you a relatively short answer to that. In both the bank and insurance reports, we found that there's a positive relationship between credit ratings and more favorable security scores. So that's an interesting finding and it's really good to know. Another finding was that generally cybersecurity scores were higher, so better, and with less dispersion or variability in developed markets than emerging markets. That's very interesting, Marianne. Uh, Were there any major surprises from the studies, perhaps findings that were not as intuitive? Also, would you like to caution users of security scorecard scores about how to interpret some of their results? Yeah, Shelley, there were a few surprises, if I can call them like that. Interestingly, financial size does not necessarily correlate with cyber health. So while big financial institutions have large IT and cybersecurity budgets, They also have complex IT infrastructure and often legacy systems. So size is not necessarily an advantage, whereas that may have sounded intuitive when it comes to cybersecurity vulnerability. In the insurance sector, life and health insurers tend to have more significant and personal data than non-life companies and therefore are more attractive of a target. So our research suggests that life and health companies have better cyber hygiene to account for this risk. And that does actually make sense as they are dealing with personal and private data. For example, 41% of life and health companies had a cybersecurity score of A versus 28% of non-life companies globally. So I think that's a significant difference. But as with all models, it's important to understand any weaknesses and limitations. Companies with complex organizational structures or multiple platforms pose a challenge in the security scorecard platform. In the insurance report, for example, we use Berkshire Hathaway as an example. Berkshire has over 360,000 employees in over 257 subsidiaries all over the world in diverse business lines such as insurance, manufacturing, railroad, utilities, and you name it. Distilling cyber risk to a single metric for this organization is really very difficult. But more generally, it's important to point out that this type of cyber risk analysis is still relatively new, with data sets going back only five to seven years. These firms also use a lot of artificial intelligence to process data, and there can be errors when it comes to attribution of domains to certain organizations. Also, there's no consistency of what is reported in terms of cyber incidents, so public information might still be lacking. 
Finally, Marianne, what should we be expecting as next steps at Fitch regarding cybersecurity risk evaluation? How is Fitch currently using or planning to use cybersecurity risk scores in credit ratings of financial institutions? Yeah, good question, Shelley. I mean, I think our next step is to look at cybersecurity score history and volatility to see what signals we can take away from that analysis. Hackers typically get into a company weeks or even months before they launch an attack. So it can be instructive to look at an entity's score three, six, or even nine months versus the score today. And how are we planning to use it in our ratings? Well, it's not likely that cybersecurity scores will be a direct input into our credit ratings. But as I mentioned earlier, it should help inform us overall cyber hygiene and have a more robust debate about it with uh, the issues that we rate. And along with our work with Security Scorecard, we've also worked with a firm called CyberCube. That's a leading cyber quantification firm to get a better sense of what a cyber event could cost if a bank were subject to a breach. CyberCube focuses on what it terms single points of failure. Uh, so think of an outage of a cloud service provider. And they determine potential losses for a cyber event like that. This type of analysis can start to inform us how credit relevant a cyber event can or will be. So that's a really important part of the equation for us. Cyber risk will continue to be growing risk for the time being. We see it as an event risk that can and will increasingly have an impact on credit, whether through cyber events happening or the cost to protect against such events. Thanks a lot, Marianne, for a very interesting discussion and your insights. Uh, Thank you for listening in and for more on cybersecurity risks. You can access our research on our website, fitchratings.com. Hope you join us for our next edition of Fixed Interest. Thank you.